This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Just wanted to take a brief moment to give you guys a little idea how we do it here at Paddle and Fin Podcast. We use the Anchor.fm recording platform. Super easy, distributes our podcast to many, many different platforms. There's creation tools to allow you to record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. Check out anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app to get started. This segment is brought to you by Jigmaster Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and use promo code PNF20 and save 20% off your next jig order today. Welcome to the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. This is the final cast segment with your hosts, Brad Hicks and Josh Eldridge, where we cast our final opinions on all products, good and bad. Welcome to the final cast. everybody welcome back to the final cast on the paddle and fin network i'm your host josh i'm brad and tonight we have dean fry from the bomb anchor company with us tonight how's it going dean good guys how are you doing good good so i've been playing basically message tags with dean for the past i don't know what two months month and a half at least (laughs) i got mine and I th- Brad was talking about getting his and then he waited and then he got it. And then like, I, I thought he already had it and I was like, I'm going to schedule Dean. And like, I've been talking to Dean on and off for the past month and a half, like trying to schedule this. And finally, Brad got to spend some time with his. Um, obviously we know the problems going on all over pretty much any industry, but there's, you're starting to see a really kind of craziness this past couple weeks for the kayak industry everything's getting really slowed because of suppliers and like all the kayak companies are way way behind all the boat companies um i know there's quite a few of them that will not be shipping kayaks out until august now at this point 
So, and it's getting to be slim pickings out there. Um, you know, even the people that are, I've even seen some people that are holding on to used boats um, that have like really cheap kayaks and they're selling them for like 150 to $200 marked up of what they're worth at this point, And they're selling them because mm. it's just such a high demand out there right now. So, um, you know, I know, Dean, you guys were struggling a little bit for to try to get out the products just a little bit. Didn't you have some supplier issues yourself? Yeah, initially they told me it was going to be, I guess, first week of June when I get my first 500. Um, the process is with this is they've got to make a mold, they do a casting, they send you a blank that's not drilled, um, then they send it off to basically finish or mill work or whatever, and they drill the holes for you, then they send you that sample overnight, and you say, yeah, it's good, and then finally then they start production run. I think it got bumped back by about a month. Initially, and then they were telling me first week of July, um, and the next thing they're bumping it back towards first week of June. So, you know, kind of went back and forth, back and forth, because you're sitting there, you know, on pins and needles, hoping that your product gets there. You got a, you know, a bunch of stuff planned. You want to try to get it put out there, and then I just kind of put all that stuff on hold, basically, at this point, because you never want to promise something you can't deliver, and, you know, you don't want to also have a bunch of stuff that you can't sell either. So, yeah, uh, but we, we got them. I got 500 of them right now. Uh, my first batch, I've got 100 of them. I've already had coded and ready to go. So we're uh, getting ready to amp up and get things moving here. So pretty Heck exciting. Yeah. Nice. So what kind of, are you a kayak fisherman also? So I am. Um, I kind of give a little background on me. I started watching Jim Salmon's kayak fishing show 10 years ago or whatever it was. It was maybe 15 years ago. And Chad Hoover's show. And I told my wife, I'm like, I'm going to do that one of these days. And I love the show. It just seemed very peaceful, relaxing. You know, you always look for that escape from work. And that's what I was looking for, that just to get out of nature. And of course, I grew up on a farm and raised in the outdoors. I've hunted and fished all my life. And um, so I stuck that in my head and I said, I'm going to do that one day. And so I did buy kayaks about 10 years ago. I bought an Emotion. I think it was a Stealth Angler, if I remember right, when they first came out. And I bought another Emotion for my son, who was small at the time. Of course, he's not small anymore. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, I got them. I didn't use them. They kind of sat around and I literally walked into the shop. I had them hanging from the ceiling. I said, you know, I'm tired of looking at those things. Like I'm going to join a club. I'm going to start fishing kayak tournaments. And so I joined uh, Kayak Anglers of Missouri uh, back in July of 2018. And I said, I'm going to fish every event the rest of the year. And that's what I did. So I fished every event. I did all the monthlies. And my first six months, basically, of a club, I got my invite to the national championship, which was pretty cool. Um, I, I suck at fishing, but I got my invite. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's all about points and just going to tournaments and meet people and stuff. And so um, I really got into it. And then I upgraded. I bought a uh, Cabela's, I think, what is it, a Pro Angler 120 or something like that. Yeah. If I remember, had that kayak for about two or three months. And then I started looking at all the different kayaks on the market. And uh, New Canoe kept coming back to me personally is – you know, I'm a big guy, I'm 6'4", I'm 250 pounds, and I need some room, and I need a high seat, I got bad back, and, you know, all those things, and that just kept kind of coming back to me, so I found a shop here locally, and um, bought my first new canoe, and that's, the rest is history, so. Which uh, new canoe kind of, do you have? Uh, so, I've got three, I've got the Pursuit, I've got the Frontier 12, and I've got the F10, so, hmm. um, the first day I walked into the shop and bought a kayak, uh, the owner of the shop said, hey, how would you like to be pro staff for Nuke? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I had no idea what this is and what's pro staff. You know, I'm, I'm a newbie. I, you know, I fish farm ponds my life. I never fished big lakes. 
so he kind of told me he's like well they've been wanting to get somebody in the shop and you didn't come in here with your hand out you seem like you present yourself well and uh we'd like to have you and i was like you know kind of speechless but like sure um so that kind of got the ball rolling so next thing you know i'm pro staff for a new canoe and i'm trying to learn who's who and do all this stuff and you know as a newbie into this sport you don't know anybody and i still don't know anybody i mean it's just there's so many people out there so many podcasts and so many um, guys that i call pros in the industry that you know i've never met but talked to them on the phone and chatted with them and stuff like that um, so it's just kind of that was the spark you know that started it all so i fished the next year um, after that went to the championship and uh, it's kind of weird. I'll show you the first one. So we bought a house, and this thing's in one of the sh basically closets of the shop. It's mm -hmm. the shop put with a little piece of chain welded onto it. And the guy, we have a little pond in our front yard, and the guy that owned it previously had made that for a boat anchor, a little John boat or something on the pond. And I saw this thing, and it was all rusty. And I grabbed a can of red paint, and I just spray painted red because that's what on the shelf that day. And I looked at it, it looks like a cherry bomb. So I actually wrote cherry bomb anchor on it. And this was like four, five, six years ago. This probably happened even before I got into the kayak stuff. And that always stuck in my head about what a great anchor that would be. Well, then I got into kayak fishing and I started reading blogs and reading this and just, you know, Facebook stuff. I never even had Facebook until I got into that. And um, I started looking and I said, everybody talking about grapple anchors. And how they got hung up and got caught and they'd have to cut them off. And I'm like, well, there's 25, 30 bucks every time. And so yeah. I kept going back to that anchor that I painted. And I kept thinking like, man, if you had a round ball, wouldn't that be perfect for a kayak? Because you can still wedge it against a rock, but you can still lift it. You can nestle it down in like the mud. If you pick it up and jig it up and down, it'll settle in the mud. It'll settle in the sand. It'll hold. Um, and I thought, man, what's the perfect weight for that? And I thought, well, if they're making three and a half to fives, for grapples, why not a six-pound round ball? I think that should hold any kayak, at least 10, 15, 20-mile in. So I made one, started doing my testing, and it worked. I mean, it worked great. And uh, so then the idea kind of spawned from there, and I sat on it for probably two years and mm. didn't do anything with it. And uh, so it's funny is the I pro staff for Tri-State Trolling Motor in Wentzville. Also, they're the ones that asked me to pro staff for New Canoe, and me and the owner's son, Robbie, are staying at the St. Louis Boat Show. And I said, man, I got this crazy idea. I was like, will you help me? He's like, yeah, I'll help you. So I said, I'll make them. You sell them in the shop. We'll partner up. He's like, go for it. So I did. And so I started welding the first versions, which are basically a six-pound shot put. Mm -hmm. Welding a three-quarter cap, drilling the hole, and putting another grommet or a little grip loop sleeve on the other side and started selling them out of the shop. And I thought, well, that's a great idea. I said, but the only problem is you're going to get water in there eventually, and it could rust. And I said, you know, I see there's got to be a better way to do it. And one of the guys in the shop actually mentioned, like, hey, why don't you drill a hole all the way through it and put, like, a pocket in the bottom of it? I go, great idea. And so there it went. And I thought, man, what's it going to cost to make these things? You call a 1,000 different people. You get a 1,000 different answers. And then finally it just stuck with Acme Foundry. They were the – the best price and offered, I think, the best product. And uh, it's kind of funny, you know, the old Acme Roadrunner cartoons. Yeah. See, <laughs> Acme like, found it's like, bomb. Just not making my bombs. It's like, <laughs> it's like a perfect fit. So um, why not? So then we came out with the new version. You can see there's a pocket in the bottom for that loose sleeve. And it's basically that cord goes all the way down through the anchor to the bottom. And you can push it out. If you want to cut it off or you want to change the length, you can snip it, redo one if you want mm -hmm. or whatever. And it just slips up in the pocket. So 
And the cool part is all your water is going to drain out of there essentially too. So you're not going to have any rust issues and, you know, stuff like that. So that's how it all got started. I think I have one of the older ones. You do. You do. The new one's just hit in the last uh, two weeks. Okay. Uh, First batch powder coated. So they're going to start hitting the last batch. Actually, I put a post about the new ones. Uh, A few people said, hey, can I get the new version versus the old? So we swapped them and got a new version and they were pretty much all sold i think i had three of the old ones so you actually have a, a keepsake or a collector's item i guess you hey, could I, say <laughs> I, it's cool man it works so i'm happy <laughs> yeah i was yeah. gonna ask you guys both of you got to try them out correct yeah mm-hmm. yeah i bought on? i bought mine probably about a month ago i want to say um i received it about a month ago um it didn't take very long to get it um you know i I kind of expected it because I I know like a lot of times when you're a small company and a lot of this stuff is almost made to order, you know, there's no, there's no big reason for you to have a giant back stock of this stuff sitting around, you know, because it's like you said earlier, when the COVID start, you didn't want to be out there promising selling these things and then, you know, months go down and then all of a sudden you realize also that you're backlogged and it's going to take forever to get caught back up so you know when i when i ordered mine i I was like you know it'll get here when it get here i had i had two anchors prior to that i had a three and a half grapple and then i also though had a eight pound mushroom style Mm -hmm. um the grapple was not good at keeping me um in place it was too light even for a kayak um and i being a river guy, um, I never actually deployed it like it's meant to be deployed because of fishing in the rivers. And it's sort of dangerous to actually use anchors somewhat in a, in a river, you know, it's just, so I, the way I had actually done that anchor, I treated it like a chain, like, you know how they do the drag chains. Um, I had a Coos HG that had the, the slot for it and the little, um, the little guide, the little metal bars that are kind of like, you know, like arched over the, that hold the line in place. Mm-hmm. And I never did the drag chain, but what I ended up doing with that, and I saw some other guy, it was kind of cool idea is I put a carabiner on it. And so what I did instead of having it hooked just to the top and then having the grapple part at the bottom, I clipped to the bottom cause there was a, a, a like an eyelet down there also and then I ran um, my cordage up to the other one, and I put like a really light um, zip tie on it, like the one of the small thin ones. Right. And so I heard somebody you could use it like that, and if it gets stuck, if you yank hard enough, that that zip tie will break, and then you're pulling from the bottom that's stuck, as opposed from the top against the rock, you know. And then okay. so you could pull it out, and it worked several times mm-hmm. the only big problem with that though was that and what i ended up doing too is taking a big zip tie and zip tying the actual um grapple part shut so it was kind oh, of gotcha. like um i didn't ever use it as a grapple itself so it worked to slow me down in the rivers but um if i was fishing lakes and there was wind i was still moving no matter what and i had it on a uh, dog like a dog leash style that had you know like paracord style and I, I had to add like i don't know maybe like 15 feet to it um so it worked up to about i want to say like a depth of like 10 to 15 feet but 
because it, if I got in anything deeper than that, I was moving because I didn't have enough anchor line out at that point, you know. Um, as with any anchor for our listeners, if you are out there and you're trying to use an anchor, um, what is it? Is it like a two to one or three to one ratio? So whatever your depth is, you want to have like the twice the amount of anchor line out for an anchor to properly hold you. Um, if you go and it's just straight down, no matter, I mean, I did this with an eight pound just to test it and I still moved. Mm -hmm. Um, so you have to have a, a decent amount of anchor line out. I, you know, I've, I've been able to use it and stay in place without hitting that two to one ratio. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Um, but if it picks up enough, you'll start moving, you know, but you kind of, if you get like, if you're in 20 feet of water, you want 40 feet of line at least. And Mm -hmm. then you will pretty much stay in place. Um, I tested out the, the bomb with that, uh, recently and it held me in place. I got it stuck once. Um, but the reason I got it stuck was the area that I was fishing in had a lot of weird concrete man-made rock in it. That was oh, like gotcha. kind of um, ledgy almost like there was like, you know, here's like this and here's the next one. And I think I had somehow slipped up underneath it and I didn't get it. I was stuck where I was at, but all I ended up doing was um, paddling backwards, like about 10 feet. And I popped it out with no, no problem. Right. Um, it was just, yeah. I'd hate for you to say you lost the first one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, not at all. It's uh, they have been stolen though. I mean, I think that's kind of cool in a way if you think about it. But I remember Chad Huber called me. He's like, "Hey man, this buddy of mine, Daniel Morris, was at a kayak tournament and somebody stole his anchor. Can you help him out and send him another?" I was like, "Absolutely." I go, "Hey Chad, I go. At least it means that they're likable. If they're stealing them, then you know I can sell them." (laughs) Heck yeah! So I got a laugh out of that. I was like, "It's kind of unfortunate," but I was like, "It's kind of." Kind of made me think like, yeah, it's something people like. They think it's cool. So, yeah, it's definitely a solid product. Um, very well thought out. Um, there's a lot of people that mention like the cost of it's high. Um, but for me, I I reached out to you kind of to ask questions about it. And you want to go into like what you describe as the actual because this thing looks like a bomb. For those who are unfamiliar with it, it looks like literally a cartoon bomb. You know, like it reminded me of Mario Brothers right away. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah, those the other <laughs> comments I get a lot. It looks like Mario Brothers, the bombs in there. So for some little uh, older generation, so I revert back to, you know, Road, Roadrunner and stuff like that. And, Wild Coyote, but. and the fact that you added the, you know, DA to the front of it, like the bomb, like it's hilarious to oh, me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I remember yeah, when Chad let's... Chad talked about it. Like I remember his video about it, and I'm like, "Well, Chad finds really cool stuff, man. Like you know, he yeah. finds cool products out there." And I went and checked it out. And I'm like, "That's pretty awesome, you know." And I was like, "And I liked it because one, like my eight pound mushroom anchor was solid. 
it worked great. Didn't move as long as I had. I mean, it was eight pounds, so, but that, that was the problem. It was eight pounds and it took up a lot of room. It was a lot of weight. And even though it had drain holes in it, that thing still held a lot of mud. So if I was in like silt and I stuck that in my boat, dude, it was just by the end of the day, I'm like, where did all this mud come from? I mean, I, I track a lot of mud in myself, but you know, I had it like behind my seat and I'm realizing that, man, I can't get that thing to drain that stuff out fast enough. I would drain the water out and there'd still be a good inch of mud all the way around the inside of it. And I'd have to stick it in the water for five minutes sitting there trying to, and that just stuff doesn't come off that easy. You think it would, no. and it really doesn't. <laughs> no, you got to take it to the car wash and literally power wash that stuff off to get it clean again. <laughs> been there done that so yeah and that's kind of a great part about the design too is that it's round so you don't gather mud it's not going to hang up the weeds i mean you're going to get some weeds but a grapple style and even a mushroom style you're pulling up a big bed of lettuce you know whenever you're fishing in grass and stuff like that too um so it just that idea always stuck and i'm like it's really it's a perfect anchor you know you think you got to have a hook or some kind of edge to grab a hold of to work, but really you don't. You just need the weight to be right for what you know what I mean. So that's when I just started playing with weights. And the bigger one that I had was actually, I think it's a eight pound wanker. It's for like, you know, high school age boys, whatever. Uh, the small ones are six pounds are for like middle school kids. Um, and that's the weight that I decided to go with. Um, obviously future plans in the hold, there's like, when I talked to Chad on the first time on the phone about it, he's like, man, do you realize like there's the boat market, there's this, like you can keep going with these things and do that. And I said, yeah, I said, I do. I said, I've already thought of that. I mean, it's, you know, it's basically infinite as far as how far you want to take it. And of course, you know, it's all about, it takes that to get it there. So mm -hmm. you start out small, you make one, and then I got several other ideas. There's going to be um, some, let's say uh, other bomb type looking stuff, maybe some dynamite stick looking stuff. Um, I'll just kind of throw that out there um, nice. to add to the company. When you think about river fishing, you know, we do have the, what I call the old ball and chain. Yeah. It's literally yeah. an old ball and a chain. Um, so this is a new version with it welded on there. Um, so we offer that too. And this is basically designed for river fishing. So when that chain's moving and it's rubbing those rocks and you're swinging in that current all the time, you're not going to fray that cable. You're not going to fray rope. That's what that's designed for. It's not really designed to drag it through river necessarily, but it's just designed to take that rubbing on the rocks all day long and not have any issues with it uh, or break off. So, so that kind of threw it out there too. And um, like I said, there's, you know, a stick of dynamite would look pretty cool with a cable on the end of it. That'd be great for rivers to drag it. I mean, a lot yeah. of they use railroad uh, ties, they use window weights and essentially that's, you know, one of those things that's going to be coming next down the pipe. So excited about that. I was thinking uh, of something like that, like something long and cylindrical. If that's right. how it but uh kind of kind of like those new drop shot weights that wicked weights uh makes yep. you know Absolutely. something like that but yeah you take that be... you blow it up man to make yeah that'd be a great a anchor perfect river thing so it's that's it's good. in the works yeah phone <laughs> calls have been made so it's just a matter you know you gotta be able to afford to buy them old and make yeah. a thousand of them so yeah, that's what a buddy of ours, Jared, actually uses uh, old window weight. He loves yeah. it. He's like, that thing it does, well. it doesn't get hung up real easy either. And it goes through the weeds. Like, he's like, it's perfect for like, if you want to go fish the lily pads, dude, you drop that thing in there and it comes up clean. So, right. um, but so the idea kind of came from, you know, the John boat that you, had, you know, that you had found and then you painted it red. That's pretty cool. Um 
Now, what was it that kind of sparked to go ahead and just do it? Like, did you see, like, did, did you, did you try anchors yourself and you just didn't like the way they performed or you just, um, was it from your I Facebook research? The, yeah, I never owned the grapple styles. It was mainly just comments I was reading and people talk about how they kept losing the, the grapple style ankles and stuff. And I'm not knocking them. I wouldn't knock anybody's product because I think that everything serves a purpose, but I'm the guy that's always trying to think of the next best idea and how to make something better. Like that's just my mind, how it works. And if I see somebody do something 10 times and I think they're not doing it a certain way, this would be faster. Like that's just the kind of person I'm always looking to better things and improve things and modify things and stuff. And I just thought like, well, you need something that's not going to snag. You need something with a little more weight. I mean, you're going to have to add more weight if it is round. And so just having that cherry bomb thing sit on the shelf, just kept going back to it, back to it, back to it. And then finally I said, you know, I'm gonna start making these things. And so I made a couple, I think it was the January St. Louis boat show in 19. Um, I said, if I do it, will you sell them? They said, yes. And then actually July of that year, Blake Young had contacted me and said, Hey, we're doing a big giveaway boat at ICAST in Orlando. Will you send me some of your anchors? I want to put them on my boat. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, is this a joke? You know what I mean? Like the owner of Nukin is calling me and wanting to put them on their kayaks. So they did. And Angler Labs was a huge, um, you know, sponsor for that. I got the list here. There was Marine Math, there was Catch, there was Never Lost, there was Jack Attack, there was Dakota Lithium, uh, Warner Paddles, Kayak Bass Fishing, Ram Mounts, Anchor Wizard, Kayak Fishing. And I'm reading through all these names and I'm like, I'm going to have my stuff with those guys. Like, I was floored. I was like, heck, yeah, how many do you want? I'll send you a dozen. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> well, I just need three boats for now or whatever. And so that's where they debuted was ICAST in uh, 2018. And so that's how it all got started. And then Chad Hoover's walking around the show and sees him on the front of the kayak. And he even told me later on, he's like, I went over to Blake and I go, it's a shot put, isn't it? And Blake goes, yeah. So he's like, dang it, why didn't I think of that? I threw shot put when I was in high school. Like, why did I not think of that? And so he's kind of, you know, it's kind of like he's mad at me because I beat him to the idea. He's like, dude, it's a great idea. I just don't know why I didn't think of it. Um, so I get a call from Blake like four days, I guess, after four days or two days after ICAST was over. And he's like, hey, Chad, whoever wants to call you and wants to help promote your product. And I'm like, are you kidding? Like, is this another joke? I mean, it just, I can't believe this is happening this fast. And, um, so sure as heck, man, Chad Hoover reaches out to me and says, send me some. I ship them like overnight because when Chad Hoover says he wants to help you out, you don't say no. And yeah. uh, so I sent them to him and literally he did, I think it was the week four giveaway on his YouTube channel and he just, he nailed it. I mean, he talked about them and he's like, you know, they're cool. They're awesome. Great idea. You know, you got the Wiz logo, the DeBaum maker. It's cool. There's all kinds of catchphrases you can go with it. I mean, it's just, um, that was it. So it was really, really cool to. You know, first of all, I get to talk to him. Other meeting at the national championship about booking him for a picture, but you know, to have him calling you and promoting your product was awesome too. And uh, then it just kind of like life gets in the way and things kind of fell to the side after that. And we just really weren't promoting them. And I told uh, the owner's son at Tri City, I said, "Look, man, I want to take these a little further." I said, I want to grab the reins because they're busy with their shop and they're busy with other stuff. And he was kind of my guy to do the Facebook and the Instagram and the promotions and stuff. And, and they just got swamped and backed up with stuff. And I said, let me run with it. He's like, it's yours. Run with it. So I did. So and here we are. So I'm trying to get it up and going. And, you know, I took the I sold a 99 Jeep Wrangler TJ to front the money to buy them old and do all this stuff. And so, you know, it's one of those things. Hopefully I get my money back one day. And 
you know, it's the American dream. I mean, it really is to create yeah. a product and then produce it. And of course you learn the headaches and the trials and the tribulations of all that. And the, you know, you're working a full-time job and you're trying to get this thing going on the side, doing that stuff. And it, it wears you thin some days, but man, it's, it's, you know, you always got to say it'll be worth it in the end and, and hopefully yeah. it will be. So. Yeah. But yeah, I, it's fun. It's awesome, man. I use mine with an anchor wizard. Um, I remember asking you some questions if the anchor wizard could handle it. And you said, yeah, you know, you were like, just be careful because the anchor wizard wants to not strip, but it wants to slide because it's, you know, it's I don't think it's the weight that is the hardest thing. It's trying to pull it up into it because I still can't get it to set like all the way in and like kind of collapsed, but I could get it all the way up to it. It just doesn't want to flip up into the tube itself. Right. Um, and there's some but, tricks for that um, that I found through testing. One is if you let it out just a little bit and give it a quick jerk, it'll kind of pitch it up. That yeah. technique doesn't work. Two is take your paddle, and this is probably the best thing you can do, is take your paddle and just push on the chute as you're pulling it up so that it can't tip prematurely. And then okay. it'll seed in that pocket and then let it rotate up. So I told people that or you can lift up on the string a little bit to help it just to get that neck to seat up in there. Yeah. Um, so that's probably the biggest thing. And obviously I plan on doing some videos. It's just one of those things you say you're going to do it. And the next thing is three weeks later and you haven't done anything. Um, but I want to do some videos and kind of show people that too, that you can use that paddle to stick it out there and hold that chute and keep from tipping up and you have no problems. And the reason is, is there's just no tensioner on that tube. Yeah. You, know, you can try to crank. It's not going to change it. Um, so that's the biggest issue is it wants to rotate because it's a heavier design anchor um, than other styles that it was really designed for. So, so when I yeah. say it was, you know, it does work with the anchor wizard. Was it a perfect design for it? Probably not. Uh, but it does work pretty good. I mean, it's, it, it, it does work really, really well. So. Well, it gets, I mean, the anchor wizard gets it up and out of the water. So that's the nice thing, you know, it's not dragging, you know, in the water behind you. It's, it's up out of it, you know, in the air. So it works fine. And, um, I, I accidentally though, I used a carabiner that was too big. So like when I go to deploy it, the carabiner actually catches on the, uh, right on the actual tube of the anchor wizard, but that's not, has nothing to do with the anchor itself. It has to do with the, the size of the carabiner that I used. Like, I'm like, man, why do why did I pick the biggest one that I have? Almost? <laughs> like it barely fits yeah. down that tube, but yeah. I've been, there's a I've lesson been... that I kind of, I'll show you this. So there's a kind of, there's a lesson I kind of figured out. So this is obviously not anything we're selling, but it's a stainless steel version. Not if you guys can see it, I can't see myself for some reason, but yeah. anyway, this is a stainless steel one. I just messed around with. And it's it's uh, eight pounds, not six. It's a little bit heavier, and so I made one for myself because I'm like, well, eventually, like the problem is, it's too expensive to manufacture, make the stainless. So the material cost is just too high. I'm sure that somebody out there would buy them, but you know, most guys couldn't afford to do it. Um, so I went to Mark Twain about three months ago, and my son had this on the front of his. Uh, he runs a pursuit, and he put the clip on there. Well, it pulled up into the chute. The clip got hooked on the chute, opened up. This thing swiveled like this, and then flipped right off into the water. Luckily, it was only about three feet. Oh, yeah. So my wife, you know, she's like, you just lost dad's, you know, precious anchor. Like, you're going in the water to get it. She, she literally made him strip down in his underwear and go fetch that thing off the top. <laughs> she's like, because I was off fishing. I didn't know that this would happen, you know. She's like, you're getting in that water, and you're getting that anchor back now. Like, So he got out like three feet of water, reached out, he was able to find it. Get it. So the lesson I learned in that is that the carabiner stock clips up there could possibly hook and that snap could open and it could swivel and lose it. So I recommend this the kind that you thread on 
Basically, yeah. it's got like a nut. Get a real small one of those and thread it to your rope. And uh, I was planning on doing some videos and kind of demonstrating that because I could probably, you know, make that happen again, set up on some sawhorses and show people like, yes, that thing could come loose there. You could lose your anchor. So use this style. And so that's some stuff that I'm going to try to put out um, pretty soon too. Um, just so people kind of know, because I hate for somebody to lose, you know, they spend good money on something and lose it. And I feel like if I don't tell them, uh, hopefully this podcast maybe helps that too, but uh, to get that word out there, like this is what works the best, this does it. And of course, you know, with any new product, you get that. Uh, you'll get the feedback, you'll get the complaints, you'll get the good stuff, you'll get it all. So, um, and honestly, I haven't gotten really any negatives so far. So everything has been really, really good. Now, uh, Brad, you got any questions? Uh, no, I'm just going to go back to uh, how, how people use the uh, ball with the uh, shoot for the anchor wizard. It When people roll it up in there and it goes right up against that tube, it looks like a uh, a cannon with oh, a ball does. coming out of it. It's, I saw that picture. And I was like, that's so freaking cool. That's yeah. kind of what like forced or it didn't force me. It, it like made up my mind that I was going to buy one. I was like, that just looks cool. I got to have that on the bonafide because that thing looks like a battleship already. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, when I like I said, when I designed it, I thought about it. You know, I always thought anchor wears in my mind because they are the number one, you know, brand as far as the anchor deployment type system for kayaks. And I thought, well, it needs something on there, and that's why I thought, well, if you add a cap or something that can nestle in, and then it even looks more like a bomb. Like that's just how it all kind of develops. You know, you're sitting in your head and like, well, I need something there to hold it so it's gonna, you know, nestle in there, right? And I'm like, well, heck, now it really looks like a bomb if you add something to that. <laughs> and so it just kind of really sprung from that and. It developed into those ideas. So, do you have any tips for uh, running one of those off the bow of a Bonafide 127? Because I'm not using the chute right now because there's no room for it. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Yeah, um, so Chad Hoover um, said he just runs his through the handle. I understand mm -hmm. there's a handle in the Bonafides. He just simply drops it through the handle. The only issues he's having is, I guess, the cable or something. That's why he likes the short fuse. Um, rubs on the kayak a little bit there if it just hangs and it, it could dangle and it can make noise and stuff like that um, so hopefully somebody will maybe come up with a better idea on that because I think it's easy to get out in the mark a little more you'll mm -hmm. see these guys that sit on like me and they mm -hmm. tinker and they think and they'll come up with a better way to you know to anchor that thing or maybe build a platform or something that'll you know mount to that or maybe recess in there and then it can clamp around that handle that void hole and then you can yeah. mount your anchor wasn't on top of that that's the only thoughts I've had is like the old um I guess the canoe seats or the canoe stuff, if you ever taken a board from underneath, you run screws to the top and it just basically pinches between there with two plates. That would be the best idea if somebody could come up with that. And then just basically would mount that anchor wizard um, yeah. you know, up on top of that. So, uh, but he simply runs his right out the hole and just lets it hang there. You know, it gets the boat. Yeah. If you pull it up snug enough, it's not going to really rock or make too much noise, I don't think. But that's always a concern. Yeah, yeah no, that's that. That's exactly how I'm running mine now, and I'm having the issue with the paracord rubbing, like you said, on the yeah. hull of the kayak. And I have like a little, like, I don't know what you call it, like a valley from where the paracord just rubs when right. I release and pull it up. So I didn't know if you had any idea. Yeah, the only idea is I could think if you got some just some rubber tubing, 
put it down towards that end. I might keep it from rubbing or something like That's that. It's a idea. small, oh, you can go to a hardware store, almost mm -hmm. like aquarium tubing, but a little bit bigger and cut a, you know, a foot piece or two feet of that. I think I that might help you. So heat shrink would wrap too, or yeah. Yeah, heat shrink would probably wrap around there pretty easy too. I don't know if how that, that stuff even gets brittle in water though or not. Um, I would oh. use some type of uh, polymer type version of that tubing or something like that from, you can go to like Rural King or any Home Depot store and you can find it either braided or non-braided and yeah. in all different sizes. Maybe put a piece I'm of that. To look into that. Yeah, that's something I could think of. So one thing I wanted to go over, because we had a you and I had a conversation about in regards to the materials that were used. Um, this uh -huh. is what sold me on it, because yep. I had talked about it on, um, I think it was our host page one day. And we were chatting about it and somebody was like, well, don't you think it's uh, a bit overpriced? And I said, well, um, you know, it could be. I have no idea. I don't know what it's made out of. You know what I mean? And somebody was like, well, you could get like a lead one and it's like a fraction of the cost. And I'm like, yeah, but I mean, that's lead. And yeah, lead's way cheaper. But I mean, as an angler, this has always been in my mind, like when tungsten came around, I was a little apprehensive about using it, um, but I stopped because of the environmental impact. We sit here and talk about like all the bad stuff that fish have in it, mercury, lead, you know, they have high concentrations of it in older, bigger fish. And, you know, and I'm like, yeah, just think about how many anglers we have in just the United States by itself, how many were losing, you know, their rigs, you know, their lure setups and it contains pieces of lead you know and i'm like yeah they're small but like as a collective that's a lot a lot of lead that's in the water systems so when it when i thought about it, i'm like dude an eight pound piece of lead uh, that's just crazy for me like i'm like there's no way i would want to use that um yeah. And not only that, but lead's a little on the soft side. So if I'm fishing and I'm in a river and I happen to move and that thing starts banging against something, in my eyes, all I could see was chipping pieces of it off, you know? Um, okay. and, and so that just, that bothered me. So when I reached, that's why I had reached out and I was like, what are these made out of? You know, and you told me and I was like, all right, that that's where that cost comes from. You know, and because I, I happen to work, I used to work in the steel industry. So I know like what the cost of this stuff is. So, right. you know, I had to pair that with like, okay, he's making these for, and that like a piece of metal like that is not like expensive, but you're also having it molded and you're having, you're powder coating it, you're adding like you know like you said the cap to it and then you've got the um the the braided uh metal cord you know for it and i'm like there's right. that's that's all labor that's all th you know labor intensive stuff that's added to what the cost of you know it's it's cast didn't you say it was cast steel or yeah cast so, iron? so it's called gray metal it's cast iron basically is what it is yeah. gray metal steel um and that was a huge issue in the beginning is so i started calling all these different places and what you get is places in Pakistan and Sri Lanka and whatever. Yeah. I could have bought the shot puts cheaper then, but I'm like, why would I buy a shot put cheaper? That's not made in the USA and then weld mm -hmm. all this stuff onto it. That's not made in the USA and do that. And I did that for a while because that was my, I wanted to see if this would take off, if it would get going, you know, you have to, you have to do something initially. And then I always said to myself, I want to make these things in the USA. And so I called every American foundry. Well, the problem is, as you know, a lot of foundries have shut down. 
So there aren't many left. And when I got a hold of Acme initially, they said, you know, here's your price. And so I called the next person, the next person, we don't do this or we don't do that. Or, you know, we can only do this and we can only do that. So to find somebody that can make them um, was a task. And then you have a $5,000 basically upfront fee you're going to pay just so they can make a mold that'll make four of them at a time. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's so you got to take into that cost. And anybody that started a business knows that it's you're burning money left and right just to get it going. Um, with the fees and everything else. So initially, like when I was making those things, and I, I'm even still not making anything on them. I mean, the, when you take the other ones, so I would take them to the powder coater, have the paint that was on there, blast it off down to bare metal, bring it back home, drill the hole, weld the caps on, run the cables, crimp them, do all that stuff, and never really counting that as part of, you know, what it costs to make them. That was just simply cost out of pocket to make it. And it was probably close to half what you're paying for it now. I mean, honestly, that's just where it was. Obviously, the costs went down a little bit once I recoup my funds, then the per piece unit, but I'm still paying five bucks down powder coated because I don't want to send something out there, rattle can spray paint, that's going to fall off and start rusting up on people. Um, I've had some guys take these with different colors because they've offered various different colors and drag them down a river and they send me a picture the next day. It looks like it went through a blender and they're like, is this normal? I'm like, that must be one rocky bottom. He goes, yeah, that river is pretty rocky. I'm like, you must have drug about 10 miles of it. And he did. So, you know, is powder coat not foolproof? No, uh, but it's 10 to 12 times stronger than paint. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to give a more durable finish. And if it does come off, the great thing is there's primer underneath it. It's the best thing you could do. You can cut right back over it and fix it if you want to. Yeah. Um, or you can yeah. simply leave it like it is. Because, you know, steel is going to rust underneath there once you break through there. Obviously, you can't get powder in that hole. Um, so you might have rust issues down the road for some people, just so you know. Uh, but the great part is um, I do have one here. I'll show you. You can buy a can of Plasti Dip on Amazon for 11 bucks, And I coated one, and I don't even think I went, you know, and basically that's what it is. It's like a rubberized finish um, mm. on it, and it's what you see. And so I Plasti Dip one just because I wanted to see, well, how far will this can go? And I did one, and I don't even think I used hardly any of the cans. I could probably spray 10 to 20 of these things with one can that cost me 11 bucks. So could I do them cheaper? Yeah. Uh, but honestly, I work for a powder coat company now as a sales rep, and um, I like the powder coat. I just think the finish looks nice. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah. Um, it's hard to beat. Um, the great part is they can shoot different colors. Um, so, you know, you can with Plasti Dip, too, or that, the spray type stuff, too. Um, so I've experimented a lot of stuff, and I, I think I showed you. This is the gold vein version. Yeah. It's kind yeah. of a bumpy finish. The copper vein is really popular with a lot of people. Um, and literally, you know, with powder, there's 10,000 colors to pick from if I wanted to. Some of them require clear, you know, and stuff like that to be stable and stuff like that. But the, the black finish that I use is the most durable finish um, and powder that you could probably put on them. That's why I use it because uh, yeah. I want somebody yeah. to be happy with it. I'm going to look at it and go, holy crap, like this thing is made nice. It's made well. It's not a piece of crap. Mm-hmm. Um, and the great part is now, you know, I can say it's proudly made in the USA, which is awesome. So, I mean, that's, yeah. that's what yeah. it's all about to me. I'd, I'd rather pay a little more and have it say made in the USA and keep American jobs here um, than buy anything else. So that's where we're at now. I mean, we're, we're made in the USA and that's, that's awesome to me. So. Yeah. So uh, Brad, go ahead. You look like you were going to ask a question. I'm sorry. Oh yeah. I was going to talk a little bit more about that uh, copper paint job that you have on there. I just saw you, you, you just started doing that, right? Yeah. So I started, <coughs> excuse me. I started offering different colors. Uh, one just trying to generate a little bit of publicity, get some people thinking. 
um it's kind of that double-edged sword because like well can i get a pink one can i get a blue one can i get an orange one can i get a polka dot one i'm like no you can't do all you know <laughs> yeah i can do solid colors but i can't do polka dots you know with powder it's different yeah. it's, you know so you have to kind of explain that uh, just a journey a little bit so but the plan is um now that i have these 500 my next batch i'll have 20 orange ones in there um because powder you got to shoot the same color in the booth because mm-hmm. it's electrostatically charged powder in the air it goes everywhere so you got to shoot batches of colors um so when i went in there to work you know the owner's son he's the one that takes care of all the stuff in the back and shoot them and i said hey can I, you make me a green one and an orange one and this one this one he's like you're killing me you gotta quit <laughs> you know what i mean it's like you got to do this color this color so like all right man once i get these 500 i'll start shooting the batches um so i am so i'm gonna do 20 orange ones you'll see blues you'll see the you know neon greens or whatever you call a nuclear green uh, like new canoe um you'll see the copper veins so i'm gonna try to do batches and then i'll try to keep those in um, because what happens is you know i have a few of them and say well i want this and i want this one this one i'll say well i want one too and then i don't have it and i hate to say yeah. well, i don't have it and it's gonna be like two to four weeks and and i've done that to people and i don't like to do that so the plan is um that once everything gets going you'll be able to click on there do a drop down order whatever color you want and go from there um so that's you know in the works and as you know it just takes a while to get all that up to up to speed and get that going so is is that an extra charge for another color um i didn't do it initially um in the future i probably will charge more for the special order colors um just because it is what it is you know it's you gotta yeah it, it, it's they gotta shut the booth down it's more of a process for them and um so you know it is what it is but yeah there'll probably be a little bit more um for that so now i had a quick question uh, you were talking about the plasti dip one um is do you think that helps like in sound deafening like damper the I sound it, down a little bit yeah i think it would when i've sprayed it i put about four coats on there and it still feels super super thin um yeah. so i don't know if you bought the stuff where you actually dunk it in the gallon jug version mm-hmm. later like you buy when you buy most anchors like your mushroom anchor that you have that's pretty thick rubber coating on there um, so to get it that thick, I don't know how many times you'd have to dip it, but it's it's pretty thin. You can still see the, you know, ridges in the mold and stuff like that with it. Um, um, but it does, I would think it would help help dampen a little bit. Um, but what I tell everybody, I mean, you want that thing sitting on a cloth or whatever. And what's really cool is like the Yakutep cup holder that I have makes a great anchor holder. I mean, you buy an extra, <laughs> seriously, you buy an extra cup holder, it literally fits right in there. I would just take a cloth lay it in the bottom of it and it's going to be quiet or put some type of rubber in the bottom of that thing, a ring or a disc. And it's going to be super, super quiet. I mean, and it's nice as you put it back there by your cup, one side anchor on the other, you know, you deploy it, you can just reach it out and drop it if you don't have the anchor wizard or whatever you want to do. Um, so when I made it, I'm like, you know, I'm walking around my kayak and I'm like, Oh, it does fit in there. Like perfect. So now I can, you know, instead of making a, an anchor holder for these things, I don't have to. Someone already did. Yeah. And you can kind of, you know, put a little promo their way. So, so yeah, it fits perfectly in that. The Yakutak cup holder. Um, most of the kayaks, like the new canoe, has a cup holder built in the side. It'll actually nestle in there, and you can slip it over, so it'll it'll fit just about any cup holder anyway. So, um, if a kayak has a cup holder, it'll nestle right in there. So, that's like kind of it. it's thing it's it. small, like it's small. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that thing fits like in a lot of places on the kayak that I struggled with with the big eight pound mushroom style that I had. Yeah. Like that thing was. Like I would get that thing in the kayak and then it would like move around and then wedge and then I'd go to need it and have to throw it over the side. And I'm like sitting there struggling to try to pop that out. What's nice about that, uh, the, the bomb anchor is that it's, it's small. So it, it, it fits, it rolls, it rolls a lot. So you mentioning the yak attack cup holder, I happen to have one. 
Um, I haven't been using it like I did in my old kayak. Um, <clears throat> I can't figure out where to put it that I like it. That I can put my drink, you know, I usually carry a Nalgene bottle for with right. water in it. And that thing was made for Nalgene bottles. So, um, I think I have a new idea for my, uh, cup holder. So, you know, yeah, it works. Like I said, but, um, I sat there and I'm like, all right, where can you put this thing? And you know, you just figure out all those things as you go. So. Well, Brad, I wanted you, Brad, to talk kind of about um, a lot of people have seen your anchor set up and you've talked about it and share it with Dean, what, how you're running everything. Um, Brad's got this real solid anchor system going on with two, two different styles of anchors. You want to talk about it, Brad? Yeah, I, I love this thing, man. So li- like I mentioned earlier, I have the, the bomb anchor going off the front and then uh, I have it running uh, down the side of my kayak and hooked to a... Uh, anchor wizard uh reel and I, I release it and deploy it and stuff like that uh that way and then on the back i have a, a yak gadget system and that allows me to like adjust it to any width of the kayak and uh i can run a pole in that or i could take the pole out i could put the ball back there if i'm fishing a lake right uh i like the ball on the front of my kayak for rivers the 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. But, um... Lately, I've been doing it to where I have the ball on the front, the pole on the back when I do tournaments on lakes. And how I did my last tournament, I set up right on top of this point, and I deployed both, and it was probably 20-mile-an-hour winds. I did not budge an inch, and I got to work both sides of this point, like the drop-offs on both sides. And without either of those products, I wouldn't have been able to catch the fish I caught because, you know, in a kayak – Fishing in wind, it's not very easy. Right. Yeah, and that was a huge thing when I got the first uh, Cabela's Pro 120 was, man, I caught, hooked this huge bass literally at the dock where people were putting in boat after boat after boat that day and just skiing around us. It was crazy, crazy fishing up mm-hmm. at Smithville Lake. And so next thing, you know, I hooked this bass, and I'm trying to get my picture, and it's an 18-inch fish. You know, it's my first tournament, per se, where I caught a nice fish. I'm excited. You know, all those things, you're sweating profusely. It's hot, and your glasses are fogging. Your camera's fogging on your phone, and you're trying to do all those things. And next thing you know, I'm blown out in the middle of the lake. And I'm like, (laughs) holy crap. Like, I need an anchor or something to put on here where I can catch my fish. I can drop that anchor, hold my position without getting blown all over the lake while you're trying to get him in, take your pictures, and do stuff like that. Um, And that also said that uh, I'm going to get a, a trolling motor on my kayak one day, which I do have one now uh, with spot lock and all that stuff. So it's kind of funny. Nice. You know, I think here I'm a guy making kayak anchors <laughs> for kayaks, and yet I use a spot lock and GPS on my trolling motor on my uh, Frontier 12 <laughs> anyway. So, um, but yeah, it works great on the other ones. But um, hey, yeah, they that, all serve its purpose. Thing. Yeah. Oh, it does. It does. And, you know, I have one on the Pursuit. I run the shoot off of there. So depending on which one I'm using, you know, I have it there. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of. <laughs> Kind of neat I, to think, you know, here I am running the trolling motor where I can just push a button and stop me, and I don't need yeah. to use it on my, on my main kayak, but hopefully it'll I, help some other people. So I have a buddy that'll paddle to shore when he catches a fish so oh, yeah. he don't yeah. float out to the middle of the lake. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I got blown yeah. out quick, and I was literally in the middle of the lake, and I'm like, holy yeah. crap, and, you know, yeah, the white capping, and boats are circling you, and then it's a 15-minute struggle just to get back in, so, yeah, I learned my lesson quick, like, I need something on there to anchor <laughs> me quick. Yeah. Uh, I run mine um, off the back using the Anchor Wizard uh, with the... I have a black uh, the bomb anchor. I have the one with the I think it's eight inch wick. Is that what it is? Yeah. Is you have a three? Yeah. So, yeah, so the first one came out with about a twelve inch wick on it. Um, what I found was that the longer cable actually made that anchor wizard basically sheet rotate faster. So the shorter fuse actually works better. Um, you can call it the short fuse version. Um, Chad Hoover coined that phrase because he said he had a short fuse, so we'll go with that. <laughs> and um, so I found that that seemed to work better. So basically from you know this day forward, you're going to see nothing but a shorter fuse version. Um, it's probably four inches in length. And the reason I did that is I wanted it. So if you had the carabiner clipped on the top of it, you can reach down and still pick it up by the thing, and you're still going to have enough to get a hold of and not – catch the carabiner, pinch your finger, you know, stuff like that. Um, so this is what you're going to see in production, basically, from here on out. Uh, it works the same. You know, if a guy wants a two-foot wick, he can custom order one. I can pop the bottom out, cut it off. We can send him a two-foot one if he wants it. But really, there's no need for it. I mean, this yeah. works great. Um, you you should never have anything where you're really going to fray it. Um, if you do, then you probably should be using the chain version or something else anyway. Um, or, you know, using some type of other cable or something like that on top of it. But that's that's basically what you're going to see is a shorter version. It's going to be about a four to five inch cable um, in the future. So if somebody wants it like a stubby like this, yeah, we can do it. But you're not going to see many of those coming out. So it'll just be kind of standardized. And that's just what I found works the best for everybody. So, you know, you yeah. try to go with what works. Yeah. And, you know, it's T&E. You're testing, you know, see what happens. And that's kind of what we've come up with at this point. So. Yeah, um, I using mine out of the back is like Brad mentioned. He uses off the front. Brad fishes a lot of rivers like I do. Um, I found mine excelled in the lakes um, on the back end of the boat with the anchor wizard, especially if when it gets to be like a pretty good windy day and you want to fish those banks uh, that are getting you know windblown and mm -hmm. it, you know you just deploy it out the back. So for those of you kind of questioning whether or not you know, you want to run it front or back, kind of consider like what, what waters you're fishing. Um, I know with the anchor wizard, it's easily moved. So, you know, um, you, you know, if, if you're going to be fishing rivers that one day and like Brad does, he'll face into the current, um, and then deploy his anchor and then he'll, you know, for the most part, most part, you know, either a slow way down or B he'll, you know, actually come to a stop and be, facing you know into the current as opposed to the wrong way which is down current um but out the back though it really helped because the winds to my back and it's even crazier because when you set up like that man you can make really good long casts um you know and and i when i was at a lake one day i was fishing like a point in a sense and i was able to cast like over the point and bring the bait back and as it would drop off you know back into deeper water i was getting hit and i was like there's no way i could be sitting here in this kayak fishing like this without without this anchor especially with the the shape of it being round like that um i that was the day that i got it stuck but 
I mean, <laughs> the type of rock that I was fishing in, I was surprised that I hadn't gotten stuck literally like 50 times, to be honest with you. So the fact that it was only happened one time and it was a really quick, easy fix, I didn't have any problems getting it out, you know, but um, <laughs> it, it, it held me held me held me right in spot i think i was dealing with 20 25 mile per hour winds that day um so and you know like and i was in a paddle kayak i was in a, a kilroy hd and that boat doesn't move as much in the wind but it still does it's you know it it still can get turned really easily but that anchorman right. solid product for those of you out there that are in the market for an anchor and you're wondering whether or not the bomb's worth the money in my opinion, it's worth every dime. So, thanks. Yeah, thank um, you guys. I appreciate that. Yeah, um, I I see a lot of people ask where 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 can they go to find this product to purchase. Um, so you can go to Tri-State Trolling Motor. Um, the link is basically on the Instagram and our Facebook page. You can order from there. Um, you can send me a direct message. I do PayPal. Um, I can send you a QuickBooks invoice. Whatever you want to do. Um, so yeah, you can order either way, however you want to do it. Um, I think they do shipping a flat rate of ten dollars through Tri-State, but I think that's going to go up. Um, the problem is when you're mailing a six-pound anchor, uh, shipping just kills you. Yeah. Um, a lot of them they're shipping to Washington and California now, and you know they're talking sixteen, eighteen, twenty bucks some type in shipping, and so we're we're losing money at that. Um, so I went to the post office. Um, they have flat rate boxes for fifteen bucks. I'm going to basically offer shipping for twelve ninety-five. Um, if anybody wants watches the podcast, they contact me, say, hey, I saw you on the podcast. I'd like to get one. I'm going to offer them uh, $39.95, and I'll charge you $12.95 for shipping and handling anywhere in the U.S. So nice, uh, nice. you guys get a little bit of discount. So all you do is mention the podcast. You can send me an email to debombanchors, um at gmail.com. You can use fry224 at Yahoo, um, or you can direct message me on Facebook, Instagram, whatever you want to do. Uh, give me your info. I'll send you an invoice. Once it's paid, it'll ship. Um, or you can go through Tri-State and purchase there, either one. So, Thank yeah. yeah, I appreciate it, ma'am. Thank you. No problem. Thank you, guys. Anything else, Brad? No, man, we nailed it. Well, Dean, I do appreciate awesome. you taking the time to come on and talk with us about the anchors. Again, sorry for the back and forth for so long. Brad's a slacker, so just kidding, Brad. <laughs> I get it, no. man. Life's Dude, busy. You seen how... Well, he saw mine. He's like, dude, that thing's awesome. And I'm like, yeah, dude, it's pretty sweet. And he's like, I think I'm going to order one. And then it was like, what, a couple weeks later? And he still hadn't got, he hadn't ordered it. And he's like, I finally ordered it, dude. And then, like, he got it. Like, you know, and I didn't know he had it. I thought he was still waiting on it. And I'm like, hey, dude, let me know when you fish with that thing. He's like, dude, I've been out like three times with it already. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, what? All right, let's get this uh, episode scheduled then. And so I appreciate you taking the time, though, man. It's a, it's definitely a cool product. Um, like you said, you mentioned, like Chad touched on this. You guys got an awesome, you know, uh, an awesome name for the company, and uh, it looks awesome. The whole package itself, everything about it, is really cool. And you know, I, I just wish you the best of luck. I hope you guys keep growing. I'd like to, you know, it's it'll be cool to see what you guys come up with in the future too. Yeah, I mean, there's already ideas, like I said, for two, three, probably four other models um, playing with different stuff. It's just a matter of you got to sell, you know, the first batch and you got to recoup your funds and then you start the next one like any company. And so um, there's big things coming. Um, hopefully this thing's going to explode, pun intended. 
and uh, <laughs> go from there. So see what happens. Yeah, I mean, that's a great part. You know, the, just the name itself, you can come up with so many stupid jingles and, you know, think about the commercials. And we're going to we're gonna try to destroy one of these things coming up soon. Um, you know, I get a lot of people say, well, how, how much weight will that cable hold? And I'm thinking to myself, well, if you're in a kayak and you've got a steel cable that's, you know, grip loop sleeve where you've crimped it and you pull that thing apart, and you probably got more problems than worrying about your anchor. Like, I mean, that's a pretty serious wind if you're going to destroy that thing. Because yeah. I half crimped one the other night by mistake, and I tried to pull it, and I couldn't even get it apart. Um, so we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna take these things, and we're gonna hook some trucks to them, and uh, we're awesome. gonna shoot at them with some guns, and we're gonna drop them for some stuff. <laughs> you and you we're should uh, see how indestructible they are. Um, I think people like that. So. Oh yeah, yeah. You you should try to blow it up with an actual bomb. <laughs> uh, we're gonna get some tannerite. Yeah, exactly. We're gonna blow one up with an actual bomb. Uh, oh gosh. What's, what's, this, le- what's legal? Awesome. Of course, if you can do. I don't have. I can see him. He's like, "Welcome to the bomb, the world's best anchor," and they're all behind like bulletproof glass. Like, should we do oh, this? Yeah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, we're we're gonna shoot it with some stuff, and we're gonna drop it. We're gonna try to pull some stuff. Just to, you know, we're gonna basically destroy one. We're gonna keep going until we destroy it in the end. That's cool. Uh, which is, I think it'll be cool. Make some cool videos, and you know, honestly, that's what people like to watch. They like to see crazy stuff and yep. do funny stuff. So, and we'll do the practical side too, and show people how they work and what's the best way to deploy it. Because I remember, like you talked earlier, uh, with the anchor wizard and the friction part. I set this thing up on sawhorses. Yeah, my kayak set up, and I put the chute on there. I'm so happy, you know, and I got this first one, and I'm like, I'm going to see if it'll work and all this stuff, and I hooked it on there, and I touched that little dial, and that thing went and yeah. slammed on the concrete floor and bounced like a foot off the ground, and I'm like, well, I'm glad no one's toes went under that I thing. I was going to say that. Oh. Yeah, and I literally picked this thing up, and I looked at the bottom of it, and there wasn't even a mark on it. I'm like, well, at least I know that the powder coat's good. Yeah. <laughs> it was holding, it slammed the concrete hard and didn't even put a, a mark in it. Um, so what it was is those friction plates inside, when they're brand new, they are super, super slick. And after the first tournament fishing in the rain and getting it wet and stuff like that, it reels it up no problem now. So, yeah. And I've kind of told people that had questions, like they had the same issues. It wouldn't reel it up. It didn't have enough strength. And I said, well, it will. You just need to get some of that oil off of there and to reel it in no problem. So um, yeah. all the things you, you know, live and learn and, and uh, have fun with us. So. Heck, yeah. Well, I guess we'll wrap this one up. Brad, did you have anything else? Nope, we're good. All right, Dean. Thanks again for stopping by and talking with us. And thank you for having me, guys. I really, really appreciate it. Not a problem, man. And thank you for all of our listeners joining us this week on the final cast. Uh, Like Dean mentioned, he uh, offered a discount. Um, So check out and message Dean or message the bomb. You know, you can reach him through Facebook. And uh, so that will wrap up. And everybody have a good night. See ya. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle and Finn. Don't forget to go check out our website at Paddle, the letter N, and Finn.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Finn. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at Paddle, the letter N, and Finn at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Finn 
on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler. The Angler button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in Northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. TRC Covers, protect your investment. Catch Products, shout out to Catch Products. Go to catchproducts.com and put the Paddle in Fin logo directly on your catch board. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com, use promo code PNF20, and save 20% on all your jig and tackle needs.